Blog Talk Radio.
to the Truth to Power show. I'm Beverly, and tonight we have Myron Rice. Get your pencil and your paper ready if you're ready for this learning curve here. Um, Myron Rice, how are you doing this evening? Oh, we're, we're doing great. Can you hear me? Everything sounds good? Yes. Yes. All I can right. hear you. Okay. All right. I'm just... Okay. One thing I'm looking for here, I'm looking for the definition of custodian. It's the Federal Reserve Bank. Okay. And while you're looking at that, uh, I'm going to tell the people that um, I'm going to put a link in here. So when you come on, if you're coming on next week, um, we're going to go to Skype. 
when uh, we do Doctor Myron Rice class, and and we're gonna we, I'm gonna put the link in. There. I haven't got it yet, but I'll have a link in there uh, all week. Uh, and so we're going to meet up at the Skype so you'll be able to see the document uh, that he's talking about and you'll be able to uh, understand the laws and he be, he can show them to you. So uh, next week we'll be on Skype and I'll have the, you have to go to the Truth to Power uh, page and you'll be able to see the Skype uh, link on there. Okay, Mr. Rice. Yeah, we. It's, it's, I found it usually a lot easier when people have the document in front of them, so we could download. You could download the document, and then you can edit it, add a speak on it. Um, so, and it's going to kind of be a review of what we're talking today. Basically, right now we're going to start off till we get more people online. Do you have a, a mm-hmm. an account of how many people are online? Or you just know there's folks there. No, I can only see what's on the phone. I don't know who's listening on the internet. Oh, oh, okay then. All right. Um, I thought you might be no. When do you know when that, no one else is coming in? But I guess it's just some, you know, things. So yeah, you know, trial by there. There's by yeah. Here. There's people. Yeah, there's people that's listening on the internet, and then there's people that's listening on the right. phone. That's correct, and all they could do is wait for the call, give them a number so we can have they have the number to call. Okay, and the number to call in. in. Okay, and if you have a question or comment, call in to 323-642-1586. That's 323-642-1586. And push the number one, and I'll see your hand raised. Uh, so this is the time. If you have questions, uh, this is the time to ask them. Okay. Okay. What we're going to talk about now, and um, among several other things, I'm pretty sure whatever people have on their mind, but to kind of let folks get in and catch up or get you know get mm-hmm. on the call. I want to talk about the uh, Federal Reserve Act of 1913, the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, Section 16. And what we're going to look at is uh, Paragraph 2 and Paragraph 4. Paragraph 2 talks about an application um, that's supposed to accompany your promissory note. Maybe I maybe we need to do this. Let's go to the general. It's um, Title Twelve, USC Four Twelve. And let me get it and pull it up. Title Twelve, USC Four Twelve. I'm going to start organizing myself a little bit better. But right now, Title Twelve, all oh, Four Twelve application. For Federal Reserve notes by the Federal Reserve Bank, collateral required. Application for Federal Reserve notes, you know, the money that we carry in our hand, by the Federal Reserve Bank. 
and um, Federal Reserve Bank will be the the uh, 12 banks. Is it 12 or 13? 12 banks that's out there? Mm-hmm. Is, I think it's 12. Yeah, 12 banks. Yeah, 12 Federal Reserve Banks is out there. Uh, the Rothschilds and the Morgans and all of them who own those banks. And it says collateral required. Now, I want you all, we're reading this stuff, but I want you all to understand what we're reading. It's talking about an application, and it says that collateral required. Now, we're going to read what the collateral is. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just want to say the collateral security thus offers shall be notes, and that would be a promissory note, draft, bill of exchange, or banker's acceptance, acceptance, uh, and trade acceptance. Now, uh, to understand this, so you really understand what we're saying here, it don't say collateral is a house. It don't say collateral is the car. It don't say it's a credit card. The things that they are taking from you, it's not collateral. It's the notes. It's the bill of exchange. It's the piece of paper, or we could say negotiable instrument, that you had to sign, and it was attached to an application that got them the Federal Reserve notes. I'm saying it, and I'm hopefully saying it slow enough to understand what you are, what's going on with you, what's happening, what are they doing when they're foreclosing and they're taking the house as if it was collateral. What you just read. The collateral is the note. Draft. A draft is a check. Bill of exchange. Anything, a money order. Anything that exchanges money is a bill of exchange. You're given a bill. You're supposed to write something on that bill so you can exchange it to purchase whatever it is goods that you're looking to buy for. Bill of exchange is a bill that you have converted so that you can receive what you want. And it's an acceptance. And there's two types of acceptance. There's the banker's acceptance, and then there's the trade acceptance. When you're doing trading, you're doing trade, you're a trader. These are acceptance that also get what you want, also consider as being collateral. But nowhere does it say house car, credit card, whatever you purchase, that why are they going coming after something? You're letting them come after something. You didn't argue this. If they do take your house and say, it, oh, yeah, the house is collateral. Okay. Well, when they take the house, then why aren't you saying, give me my note back. Give me my draft back. Give me my bill of exchange. You can't make both of them collateral. So people, if you lost your house, go back and say, give me my money. 
Because remember, they receive money. And we're going to show you in that next section, that next law, that next code. It's not a law, it's a code. That next code, actually is a law, that says that they receive Federal Reserve notes. They receive Federal Reserve notes when you gave them this collateral, which is the what? Promissory note, draft, bill of exchange, or bankers or trade acceptance. So when you gave them these things, they attach a application, and it's called Operating Circular Number 10. That is the application, Operating Circular Number 10. And go to Appendix 3. This is what they fill out with your application or with your collateral, attaching the application, giving it to the treasurer, and the treasurer gives them Federal Reserve notes back in return. The question is, why didn't they tell you? Because I'm going to show you a lot that they did do that. They did get their money, and they got deposits at the bank. But you were never informed that there was some money put in an account in your name at the Federal Reserve Bank, and you didn't know anything about it. And what did they give you? They only gave you credit. They gave us credit. And I'm going to show you some cases that says credit, if you argue that they only gave you credit, because if you say, well, if you did give me funds, funds will be the Federal Reserve notes. If you gave me funds, then my house and my car and a credit card was already paid for. But they didn't. They gave you credit. And the cases, the, the Supreme Court and several other cases said credit is not considered funds. It's not a, have to, for a true contract, a consideration has to be given. They didn't give you any consideration. And if they can prove that they did give you consideration, then you could say, well, excuse me, then how can you say I owe you for another 30 years for a house, five years for a car? Either one or the other. Either you gave me the funds back because I gave you the note, and I assume you put an application, and then I'm going to tell you who approved it. Who approved? Who approved those notes and the application? Not the bank. The Board of Governors, looking up 12 U.S.C. 412. 12 U.S.C. 412. Authority of Board of Governors respecting the issuance issuance of notes, promissory notes. Say it, I see the word note, think of promissory notes or Federal Reserve notes. Interest and liens. The Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System, the Board of Governors is of the Federal Reserve System, not the Federal Reserve Bank. The Federal Reserve System, the Board of Governors, you know, every every company got a board. You know, they got this board of, of, of 12 people, whoever they had that runs the corporation. So the Board of Governors runs the Federal Reserve Bank. It tells them what to do shall have the right 
acting through the Federal Reserve agent. Federal Reserve agent is the local banks that you put your money in. That you put your money in. The um, uh, to grant in whole or in part, or to reject entirely, reject entirely the application of any Federal Reserve banks for Federal Reserve notes. I mentioned three things, three different Federal Reserve, and you need to write these down. Write this down. Whenever you read these codes, laws, or whatever, if it says Federal Reserve Bank, the Federal Reserve Bank, is talking about those 12 banks. If you see the word any Federal Reserve Bank, any Federal Reserve Bank is talking about you and me. Under the Congressional Records um, 20, uh, Congressional Records uh, 2039, the Roosevelt made us all banks. Every person is a bank. He saw the banks was going to be in control, so he made us banks. And again, this would be proclamation. I'm sorry, I said that congressional proclamation, proclamation, 2039, March the 6th of 1933. Proclamation, 2039, March the 9th of 1933. Second page. It says persons. It says banking institutions. Let me pull it up here. On the second page, um, just about the, almost the last paragraph, as used in the order, the term banking institutions shall include all Federal Reserve Banks, all Federal Reserve Banks, National Banking Association, banks, trust company, savings bank, building and loan association, credit union, and other corporations, partnership, associate, or persons engaged in the business of receiving deposits, making loans, discounting paper, business paper, or transaction of any other form of banking business. When we go to the bank, when we deposit our checks for my job, when we go and make a withdrawal, we are doing banking business. That makes us a bank, folks. You have another hat that if you didn't know to wear it, you need to go and get your hat and write down there, banking institution. That is what you are, any banking institution. You were any. So I, I'm the reason I, I'm emphasizing on this, because some of you are going to later on, we're going to be talking about how any banking institution, if those other banks, if those local banking institutions, partners, they call the local bank or agent, they call them banking agent, federal reserve agent, 
Federal Reserve agent is the local bank that you are banking in. So there's three types of federal banks, Federal Reserve banks. One is the the Federal Reserve Bank, which is the 12 bankers. The other is any Federal Reserve Bank, which is you and I, the person. And then there's their Federal Reserve agent, which is the local bank that you go into and you deposit money and make withdrawals out of. Those are the three Federal Reserve Banks that you need to have an understanding. Because when you read these laws, sometimes it says any Federal Reserve Bank. Then it's talking about you. And guess what? Any Federal Reserve Bank can get money from your own trust account. That's like they do for your Social Security. They're getting banks money. These are local banks that's withdrawing money out of your Federal Reserve or your Social Security. So you should be able to do the same thing. And, of course, your Social Security bank account has an infinite amount of funds in there. Your birth certificate got an infinite amount of funds. You can draw money out of there if you operate as a bank. You people going in there as an estate, as a person, trying to draw money out. You cannot do it as a person. You cannot do it as an estate. It says any banks can do it. So you became a bank. I'm going to start at the fundamentals. How you became a bank is under the... Uh, Proclamation 2039, okay? We got that out the way. That is how you became a bank. Any bank. Now, listen to this, number 12. Let's go back to 12 U.S.C. 412. Authority of Board of Governors respecting issuing of notes. And then it says the, Fed, the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System shall have the right, acting through the Federal Reserve agent, which is your local bank, to grant in whole, in whole or in part, or to reject entirely the application of any Federal Reserve Bank for Federal Reserve notes. So the person, the group of people, the board of governors, not the local bank, not the, the Federal Reserve Bank, but the Board of Governors. So if you try to go in there and do something and the bank say, oh, we ain't going to do excuse me, you don't have the authority to reject what I give you. You're not the one. You need to look at 12 U.S.C. 412. The only person who rejects your request for money for whatever you're requesting from the bank, it's got to come from the Board of Governors. Now, they might be tripping, but you can you give them the law and say, you ain't the board of governors. I suggest you send it through your Federal Reserve Bank because every bank goes to a Federal Reserve Bank, South Federal Reserve Bank, and that, that the Federal Reserve Bank has to go to the board of governors. So I, I'm trying to give you a head up because these people, it's like, it's like the clerk saying on the counter that they can't take in your request for your filing of some kind of real estate. They don't have authority at the counter to say they're rejected or not rejected. They're just clerks. They're just a clerk. They can't. Re- they don't have authority. These banks don't have the authority to reject what you request. It has to go to the board. So look at that 12 USC 412. 
and it's an application of any. So they reject, they can either grant it in whole or in part or reject it entirely, the application of any. So remember, application must go along with the collateral for any Federal Reserve notes. So to get you the money in your hand, it can't be rejected except by the federal. So if they say you can't do something, you better make sure that that letter came from the Board of Governors. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get, give you, tell you something, because if you fill out an application for a house, a promissory note, you didn't do application, you did a promissory note, and, of course, it didn't get rejected by the board because you got the keys to the house. You have to assume if you got the key, if they call you in and you got the keys, then that means that your application and your collateral, not the house, and I wish people would think about it. Did the banks own the house in the first place or did, it, did you pay someone, some person, some private persons for that house? I assume you bought it from somebody else, not the banks. The bank didn't have a house. They were like the what, middleman? They're the middleman. So how can they take something that they didn't have in the first place? The house belongs. I mean, you want to find out who owned the house, look at your warranty deed. Whoever signed that warranty deed is the one you bought the house from. So the question is, is that person that you bought the house from, are they taking you to court? Because apparently they had to be paid in full for them to go away. I wouldn't I wouldn't sell my house and not get all my money before I gave you the key. You know, I would not give you my house until I got all my money and then I can go away. That didn't happen. That, that, that's what happened. So the question is, how is the bank asking for something that they never gave you in the first place? So what are they coming after you for? It's not supposed to be for the house, for the car, but for the promissory note. You promised to pay them. That's what a promissory note is. I promise to pay you in 30 years, da, 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 da. However, a promise to pay which would be called a commitment, and we're gonna look at. Uh, wow, see, I wish y'all had y'all could see see the actual screen where I'm giving you the cases. These are I got what eight eight cases here, and listen to what the cases are saying. This is number one: Secure Equity Inc. Uh, against uh, Bankers SD in Florida. In this case. A bank claim a security interest. Now, these banks are claiming a security interest. They say they got an interest in that. Yes, because the promissory note, I guess, is their interest. Based on a commitment letter to provide a revolving line of credit. So a commitment letter, what would be that? Be? I assume that would probably be a promissory note. I promise to pay. That, that would be a commitment letter. But it's saying for a line of credit, because they can't, remember, they cannot collect 
the money even when they get it. Why? It's because they never signed the contract. They never signed that promissory note. Their signature is not on that mortgage. They can't take the money, but they can hold it as what they did. The Federal Reserve gave them Federal Reserve notes. They held it. And then what do they do when they hold it? At the Federal Reserve Bank, it's called a demand account. That is where your initial payment is given, a demand account at the Federal Reserve Bank. And what they do then is get a line of credit. And I, I assume, I hopefully, I don't know how many people have received a line of credit. That means I got the actual cash in the bank. Let's say it's $10,000 I got in the bank. But I want a line of credit against the $10,000. That means the $10,000 is collateral, and they're going to give me a line of credit with checks. Now, anyone who knows what I'm talking about, when you convert private money into public money, because a lot of you all people gone to jail when they got that OID and they went and bought mama a car and a house and their girlfriends, this, that, they bought stuff. They took private money and put it in the public. That is against the law. You take the private money and you put it in an escrow account. You tell your banker, I want an escrow account, and I want to put my private money in an escrow account, and I need you to give me a line of credit against that escrow account. So that $10,000 of private money, I'm going to get a line of credit, and the bank is going to give me checks for $10,000. So when I get a check, of course, I can go out there and buy stuff because it's public. They love you because they get that $10,000. They That's like 10%. They get 100 They You just made them money when you put that money, opened it up in an escrow account. You just gave them some money that they can uh, OID, your initial issue this account, where they can go out and require more money from the Federal Reserve Bank, from the Treasurer. So they can get they get ninety percent. You they keep the ten. They keep the basic ten, but they get ninety percent that they can use and pretty much buy their boats, islands, or whatever girlfriends, whatever they want to purchase. This is what they use. This is what they're doing. But your 10%, the 10% of it is there for you. It's being held for you. But they didn't tell you that they put it in. I'm going to show you how you know that the money was put there because they were told, this is how they were told to do business if they want to remain a bank. They have to do it this way. So you know that they received the funds, but they did not give you a receipt. That is fraud. They have committed fraud. Fraud has no statutes of limitation. You can come and get them anytime you want. It has no statutes of limitation. So homes that you might have lost, you better go back and say, excuse me, you receive money. Because I gave you a app, I gave you a promissory note. You filled out an application. You submitted to the treasurer. The treasury gave you Federal Reserve notes. And it was the board, and we're going to go back, it was the, the uh, Board of Governors, 
gave you Federal Reserve notes to deposit for me because everything's in my name, and you didn't tell me about it. You made me feel, feel like I didn't pay for it. But anyway, let's get back initially. We're talking about they gave us credit. They didn't give us money. They gave us credit. You know the man who uh, so that bought that you bought the house for had to have some funds. The funds he got was credit. He got credit. But the point being is that uh, a line of credit, however, the court denied the claim because they claim they have security interests. But the court denied the claim, stating that mere commitment without actual advances. And if you look at 411, 12 U.S.C. 411, the banks are advanced money. They're advanced credit. They are advanced credit. Did not create a security interest. So that means the bank cannot take you to the court. They don't have any interest in you or your house. Because that was just an advancement. Commitment letters is not a loan agreement. You didn't agree to get credit. You want Federal Reserve notes. You asked for money. Does not create a debt. So the credit does not create a debt until the loan is actually made. That means when they actually say, you got Federal Reserve notes and we put it to our, credit it to ourselves, then you can say, well, then, for therefore, the house was paid for. The car was paid for. See, once they tried to go ahead and do the funding, after you put the funding in, now that is a, a, a complete contract because now you've got the consideration. But if you got this consideration, then how come they saying you still owe for another 30 years? How could you sit there and say I still owe for another year when you got the funds? Case number two, United States versus Citibank. This case involved the bank claiming a security interest based on a commitment letter guaranteed payment to, the, to a vendor on behalf of the debtor. The court rejected the claim, holding that a mere promise to guarantee, the mere promise to guarantee does not constitute an advance of funds. And it's insufficient to establish a security interest without evidence of actual payment. I hope you are hearing what they put these. These are cases that they're saying. All we have is a promise to pay. All we have is a, 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 a mortgage. It doesn't show that the funds were given to you. Because if it did, then you would be paid in full. I'm giving you another fleet. National Bank versus Mellison. Mellison. Here, a bank argued for a security interest based on a standby letter of credit issued for the debtor's benefit. The court ruled against the bank stating that a standby letter of credit does not itself advance. 
fund. It is not a loan. They didn't loan you. They said they loaned you the money. They didn't loan you nothing. Credit is not considered a loan, people. Credit is not considered a loan without actual payment. Credit is not considered a loan. That's all they gave you. And in the Integral uh, Solutions uh, Network, they don't say who is against. This case involved a debtor challenging a creditor's claim secured that based on a loan commitment letter. So, again, a commitment letter, let's say a promissory note, let's say a mortgage. It's a letter. It's like a letter. The bank, the court found in favor of the debtor emphasized that a commitment to lend does not of itself create a debt. It's not equivalent to an advance of funds. So you, they're assuming, or they're going into the court with the assumption as a, with the security interest that they have equally given you funds because they gave you the credit. No, that's not what these court cases are doing. And I got five more. I got five more that I can read off, but it said the same thing. The court is not saying a commitment letter, a promise to pay. It's not the money. It's not the funds. So anyway, Beverly, let me I gotta take a short break. So see if there's any questions up, and I'll be right back. Beverly, I'm here. I I was on mute. Okay. Um. All right. And uh, next week, I'm going to uh, we're going to be on Skype for for uh, Mr. Rice. So he can bring up the um, the laws and what he's talking about, so you'll be able to see uh, the the um, the laws and the paperwork. So if you have any questions, you can see it right there. So uh, I will be posting the Skype link. Uh, I don't have it today, but I all week. When I come back on with Dr. X and others, I'll put the link in there. And um, next Monday we'll be on Skype just for uh, Mr. Rice so he can show you the paperwork. Yeah, because some of these cases are not law. These are cases that you need to have and put in. And I can read write, read it to you. Uh, 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 FDIC versus O'Neill. Um, one of them is said NVR Inc. Uh, 392 BR557. It don't make sense. They don't say who they're going against. Brittell, C O R R U G A T E D. Well, Sago Capital Bank versus American home, mortgage, and they're pretty much saying the same thing. They can't claim, they're claiming a security interest based on a commitment letter. They all say that commitment letter, that 
would be I promise to pay. Because remember, if you do, and you should ask for the commitment, ask for the promissory note back, you would see it has stamps in there, paid to the order of somebody, three of them, at least three, at minimum, usually three stamps on there. They converted what was supposed to be your promise to pay into a security so that they could get money. But it's not money that was legally done for the IRS and the treasurer. Remember, your promissory note went in with an application. That got money from the treasurer that they put into the bank account. Now, what happens after that? They're giving you credit, and the money that they did, and they didn't put it in or let you know that it's in there, and they say you still owe. And what are you owing? Because when they received the funds, they went to the investors. They went to investors, what they call a pooling and servicing agreement. Write that down. Pooling and servicing agreement with investors who gave them money to give to suckers for 30 years, to pay them 30 years. You're paying an investor for 30 years. None of that stuff is getting told to the IRS. None of that stuff is getting told to the treasurer. And I'm not saying that they don't know because I'm pretty sure they own houses just like you and I own houses. But the point is, it's done privately. Your money's not going back to the initial amount that was taken out of your account. Matter of fact, they're not even reporting it for taxes. You can win a lot of your battles if you report that mortgage to taxes. No one out here, and please call me. Please call me and correct me. The year you purchase your house, that at the end of the year, you got a statement from the IRS of money that you, that someone gave you, that the bank gave you. They never gave you any form saying, we gave you $250,000 for your house. We gave you $100,000 for your house, a half a million. Nobody received any letter at the end of the year, because remember, it's the end of the year. They got to report what they receive to the IRS. And, of course, you're going to get a copy because you got to, you know, say, yeah, that's what was got, got to me. Taxes got to be paid on it. Nothing has ever received any loan for no credit card, no student loan, no car note. No one received anything at the end of the year saying that it's been reported to the IRS. And, I, and I'm just letting you know that is a way you can go after them. Whatever that amount is, make it a tax issue. Excuse me. You didn't file taxes. So guess what? I'm going to file taxes. I'll file a 1099-A saying I was the lender. You were the borrower, and of course, on the top of those 1099-As, there's what? Void and uh, corrected. So when you send it to the IRS, they have a chance to put a check at the top. Oh, this is void. This ain't right. Or this hasn't been corrected. This is. They have a chance to rebuttal what you did. They're not going to rebuttal it. If you look under publication 1212, publication 1212, page 7, 
or it might be page six. They keep changing the pages because I'd be telling people to go there. Publication 1212 did with OIDs. Page seven, under nominee, there is a paragraph that says nominee. They are nominee. They receive a 1099 OID from the funds that they got out for somebody else's money, of someone else's money. They received it of somebody else's money. And you are now considered nominees. That means they were your employees. So the point is being they answering to investors on the money you giving them for funds that already was paid for. The money was deposited. So getting off of the court cases here, moving on, and we know the and board of governors also, now. Oh, I don't want to. Go ahead. Also, they get money from. Uh, they have insurance on it too, so they get money two, three from two, three different places. Well, they have to insure it because. They they have investors, and if the market goes bad or you don't pay, they have to make sure that they're covered. The insurance is to make sure they're covered. But they put it in what they call a, what is that, uh, mortgage-backed yeah, security. Private, yeah, the yeah, private they, they invested yeah. it. Yeah, they put it on the market and making money. They better make sure it's insured because the market could go up or down. It can, it, the market could crash. So you better make sure that there's some insurance because those those investors, they use that investor's money probably to pay the guy who, who went out, who uh, sold you the house. Because he, he had, I'm pretty sure he didn't walk away with credit. He probably received the money because these investors, they might have gave the money to the Federal Reserve Bank, I would say maybe at least 10 years before you even came into the picture. These people are million-dollar folks, and they need someone to bring a steady income, and they don't break a sweat. They got you paying. So taking their money that they gave to the Federal Reserve, and I'm just doing a little guesswork here, that was given to the Federal Reserve to find sucker that was going to pay them for 30 years, you the sucker, because you ain't fucking paying a penny, because you the house was paid for when you signed that note and it got approved and they gave you the key. The fact you got the key means it got approved. The Board of Governors approved it. So we just saw on the 4, 12 USC 4, 12, 4, 14, 12 USC 414, that the governors is the only one that can approve it and grant the Federal Reserve notes. So they got Federal Reserve notes. There's no question about it. They got paid from your Note your signature with an application. They got paid, but did they tell you? No, they didn't tell you. Because if they did, you say, "Oh well, hell, I'm I'm not paying you nothing. I already paid for it. Why am I paying for twice? Why well, I'm paying twice on something that was paid for?" But the point being here is that. They have investors. So maybe the investor's money went to the seller so he can go away and never come back again. And that's, that, that signature is on the promissory note, on the bottom of the promissory note. 
but your signature isn't nowhere, nowhere on nothing. Go to the register of deeds, go to your register of deeds, and ask them, I live at this address. Is there any paperwork with my signature, not my name typed, with my signature on this property? No, sir, there isn't. Well, guess what? If you don't have your signature on the property and the signature on the warranty deed is the seller, he was the grantor, and you would be the grantee. So in other words, there is no grantees for your house. There is no grantees for your home. However, what do you think the county come for taxes? What are they saying? What do you think is a servicing company? MERS. What do you think they're saying they are? They're saying we are the grantees. And and basically filing a claim, saying that we got a security interest because we're a grantee because you never filled the signed the paperwork. Your office as grantees is vacant, where they came in, climbed through the window or whatever, and sat in your chair. And now they saying that they they're gonna get the property because they're the grantees because you didn't ever acknowledge the deed, the warranty deed. You never said, oh, it you know. I got this house, so let me sign something saying that I got the, I living in this house and it's mine and I'm the grantee. There's nothing you said that said you the grantee. In other words, think of it. Someone gave you a Christmas present and you never even went under the tree and opened it up. You didn't accept it. You have to accept it. The box is still under the tree. So guess what? Someone walks in the house and see that box under the tree and realizes oh, it ain't Christmas no more. Let me go and get the box, take it, and take it home. So whatever was in that box belongs to them. And that box says, my house is inside that box. Your house is in that box under the tree, and someone else went and collected that box. So they have all the rights, titles, and everything to your house because you never accepted it. I hope I'm opening up some people's eyes here. I really am. And but we do have uh, – go ahead. Okay. Now, I'm just saying you, you have fraud was committed. They received money. They committed fraud. Fraud has no statutes of limitation. I don't care if somebody else living in that house. They took the house, but I want the collateral. You can't have two collateral like you can't have two masters. You can't have the house and the promissory note as collateral. It's either one or the other. And you took the house, so I want the promissory note and the money that was written on it and all the payments that I did pay on that house. All that is to come back to you, people. You still understand? I ain't got no money. I'm broke. Yes, you do. You got people. We have so much money out there. We just don't know about it. But people walking away, leaving the house, left it abandoned, and then the banks could come and get it because you abandoned the house. 
because they can't get the loan. They got a loan. They got insurance on the house. But the law says that they cannot collect that insurance until they're in possession of a house. That's so why you they walk out. You out huh? Yes. Or or they put a they they put a sheriff in and now putting you out, you can argue that. But if you moved out because you didn't want to have all your stuff put on the street, you didn't want the neighbors to know that you got evicted with a dumpster in front of your house, then you abandoned the house. And if you abandoned under the contract, abandonment means that they can come in and take it. And now it's theirs. Now they can file an insurance claim on it. Wake up, somebody. So, Wake up. So it's, so it's different if they put you out and you didn't abandon it. So you still can go yeah, now, them. Right. If you were forced to get out, that's a whole different matter. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody going up for some charges. Someone's going up for some, is going to be sued, and you're going to be getting paid big time. Now, is it legal for them to, is, is it legal yeah. or lawful for them to charge uh, interest? All that interest that they charge on you uh, on the house, you done paid for the house about three times. Is it is it legal for and them they, to charge interest? It's, a, it's illegal for them to charge you a period of anything. And if you go in, and this is another record I want you to go on, the congressional record, congressional record of March the 9th of 1933, the congressional record, uh, is that the 107th Congress? I forgot what Congress it is. But the congressional record of March the 9th of 1933, and you go to page 78, 79, and 80, and then go to page 83, and in the left right, the left column in 83, it says Federal Reserve notes, the money that we have cannot be uh, interest be put on it. You're not supposed to be paying interest on it. But remember, this is what the government says, but they aren't constitutional. They are not government. They are corporations out to make money. They had to become corporations because the Constitution said there should be no monarchy, no king, no queens, no esquires in our government. But every attorney, every judge, most of all the Representatives, House representatives, Senate representatives, they all attorneys. It's they are all illegal. attorneys. It's, so they're unconstitutional. Mm. They're illegal. And you got these people that take four oaths. The first oath is, is to the what? The Vatican. The second oath is to the state. The third is to the judge. And then they come at you fourth in line. So they got three other oaths that came before you even entered the picture. So you think you're going to get a priority service from an attorney? Are you kidding? They have to turn you over. That's what attorney means, turning you over. Turning you over. Because for them to get a verdict, they have to get a, a, a minority vote between three individuals. One is the judge. One is the prosecutor. And the other is your attorney. Well, remember, you can't speak in the courtroom. You are a child. So if you went to jail, that means the three of them says, put him away. You got put away or you lost a case. It's because 
the three of them, the judge, the prosecutor, and your attorney, say you guilty. And you could see that when they want to flea bargain. When you go to first thing they want to do is they want you to flea bargain. To make you feel they're doing you a favor. They want you to feel, right, they, they they you to feel like they're doing you a favor, mm-hmm. so you won't complain. But they all working together. They all on the same team. They all on the same they, team. They, they all attorneys. Okay, and I want to show uh, another item. This is a law. It's called the Board, the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System. And go look under Federal Reserve Act of 1913, Section 16. Section 16, Paragraph 2 and Paragraph 4. Paragraph 2 says application for a note by Federal Reserve Bank. So the Federal Reserve Bank, I told you they had to fill out an application called Operating Circular Number 10, Third Appendix, Appendix 3. And it talks about the application. Any, thank you, so what, what's the first word it says? Any Federal Reserve Bank. Now, what did that tell you? What is any Federal Reserve Bank is? That's us. That's us. So when we feel uh, make, uh, may make applications to the local Federal Reserve agent, who's the local? That's the bank or the servicer that you get in your, that doing your house. For such amount of the Federal Reserve note, herein before, provide for as it may require. So you, uh, whether you know it or not, they have to operate you as a bank. If they're going to operate you as a bank, why don't you operate yourself as a bank? And any may make an application, any Federal Reserve Bank may make application to the Federal Reserve agent. So that means I can actually also have the promissory note, and then I might want to go on there and go get that operating circle number 10, number 10, or application from the Federal Reserve Bank. They got applications too. And take it to the bank and get your Federal Reserve notes. That is what required from you. Such applications shall be accompanied with a tender. Ooh, what is the tender? The promissory note. The application shall be accompanied with the tender. This is, again, Federal Reserve Act of 1913, Section 16, where it says no issues. I issue no. Section 2. Well, paragraph two and paragraph four talks about the promissory note, but we're reading two now, the application. Any Federal Reserve Bank, oh, my God, the first four words, any Federal Reserve Bank. You and me are any. It didn't say the Federal Reserve Bank, which would be them. So, you didn't really feel like that operating circular number 10, which means that in some way, somehow, we gave them the power of attorney to represent us on an application. Because I didn't fill out no application. I fill out a promissory note and sign it. I didn't do no application. 
All right. I got uh, some hands just raised here. So we go into the phone lines if you have a question or if you uh, have an, uh, another opinion or if we have an attorney out there, uh, call in to 323-642-1586 and push the number one. Okay, 646-423. Hello? Yes, you're live. Hi, I am honored to be on your show. <laughs> well, we honored to have you. Oh, my God. Welcome. Thank you. I have been listening. Well, I am just honored. Anyway, I'll get to the point. Okay, so, mm-hmm. Myron, you stress very much about the uh, OIDs, and um, they are a bit complicated and annoying that we have to go after the banks for them. So I'm wondering if um, on all my deposits, on my bank statements, I can use the 1099B and reference the, um, the act you just said right here. Yeah, but you don't have to do a B. You, you ask them for the note. You request it. Put it in writing. Let them give you something saying they're not going to give it to you. If you look at the, uh, when you file any 1099s, you have to file it with a 1096. Look at the bottom of the 1096. You can attach any document to it. You would attach the note or the letter they sent you saying they're not going to give it to you. And you fill out the the OID. It's not that difficult to do the OID. And you also can go to you can go to ten ninety nine online dot com. You can do it online too. Yes, but the I mean I don't really know how to fill out the OID once they deny it. That's the the whole thing, and I don't want to do it wrong. I mean I guess I could do it by paper and send it in and just say uh, here can you fill out the rest. I mean I could do that, right? I have a judiciary uh, file. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think on the OID, there are only two boxes of the number two and number four that you got to put in there. And I assume you know how much you made because you get statements there at the end of every month. So just add them up and put them in box two and box four. It's the same number. They're, everything oh, okay. else is your information about you. Okay. Perfect. All right. Yeah, That's- look at the form. And then there's, anytime you put a, a small I in front of it, 1099 OID. When you put the small I in there under IRS, it gives you instructions. So you can read the instructions. We were taught to read. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been reading your letter to the bank. I downloaded your letter. I didn't know at the time. Yeah. But when I did it, I didn't know at the time that I could have done it my own self. Without getting their permission, without requesting? I'm sorry, say again? Without requesting them to file one first? No, no, I asked them to file it. I didn't file one after they denied because at the time I was new at this. I heard about it, but I didn't know how to respond back to it. Well, I could attach a letter that they gave me, not giving it to me, and um, just go ahead and file it myself. We had someone... On our show, Beverly D and I had someone that called in. She said that's exactly what she did. She attached a letter saying that they weren't going to give it to her. 
and uh, she filed it, and she got paid. She said she got a check. She got paid for it. Okay, Perfect. think about it. Exactly. OID. Exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah, because okay. understand, folks, what is the OID? It is a receipt. Anyone you pay cash for, look up this yep. term. You got to look up, um, oh, man, holder and due course. Holder in due course. Look that up. Holder in due course. Meaning, if you look at the definition, and I got a book here, a dictionary of banking term, you are entitled to a refund. So that means if I give someone cash for something, a car, house, whatever, I am the holder in due course because I don't owe anything else to them. That is a, is a done deal. They're supposed to give me the OID. Matter of fact, I should have asked for that instead of the receipt. Give me the OID so I get my money back. You can keep the receipt. <laughs> I want my money back. So I could do the whole statement, the, the cash, the checks, everything? Everything. Because when you check, you deposit money, and they got money off of that, and you withdraw yeah, money. Yeah. That's why you want yeah, the to do both sides of the yeah, you want them to, they see, they, they'd be able to dial all the ice off the teeth, but just get the general amount and then sue the bank and get a whole lot more than you would have had in the first place. Damn because right. they're they keeping you from filing your taxes. That's the way you're, you're suing them. You didn't file my taxes, allow me to file my taxes properly. And where do you go, people? Where do you go to sue them? Take them to small claims court first. Small claims court is common law. There's no judges or attorneys or anybody in they can be brought into that courtroom. It's just the people talking to the people. Like in camera, in their court, it's called in camera, where you go in the judge's chamber, he or she takes off their robe, and you're talking person to person. There's no, there's no legal, they cannot exercise law. Attorneys cannot do law. They can't do. They can't bring law in the courtroom. They only do statutes and codes, which are like a policy. Because they're corporations. Corporations have what policies to follow. So those codes and those statutes is nothing more than a policy. You got the seventh, the ten amendments. You got the Constitution. To say these are laws that you are violating me on, and it says I can protect myself. I can protect myself. It don't say. I'm sorry, you breaking up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me put her back. Go ahead. You got another question? Yes, I have one more question. Uh, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. Myra. Can you just explain? I know you uh, you discussed the W uh, two and W C three. Um, can you just give me a quick analysis of how we're able to deduct the whole salary on um, our taxes? Like, where are you getting that? Because, I understand. Because, I understand the taxes part, but the whole thing, like, where is that coming from? Okay. And I know First that's about all, you the two C and Go ahead. No, I don't know about the two C, but what I'm saying is, I mean, the W two C is what is a correction of the W-2. Uh-huh. Read your W-2. What it says? It says wages 
and tax statement. Well, wages, mm-hmm. look under the definition of wages, and yep. I could quickly give you give you the law real quick on that. Wages is defined as under uh, Title 26 CFR. That means that's their code. We, mm-hmm. we got USC. They got CFR, 26 CFR, 31.3121A-1. Again, 31.3121A, small a, dash one. Wages is defined as a tip. Look look at your 1040. Where is it say in box number one? It says box uh, one in your 1040. Huh? It says income, wages and tips. Yes. No, no, I'm talking box one on the 1040. Number one on the 1040 form, your tax form. Okay. It says wages, wages, tips, and other conversation. Wages, tips, they're in the same box, so that means they're the same thing. If it sounds like a duck and walk like a duck and quit, it is a duck. So wages is considered a gross it is a capital gain that gets in corporations. You are not a corporation. You punched the clock in, and you did gave them blood, sweat, and tears at the job. You did labor, and that is what the W2C does. It's changing it to labor. It's correcting it. It's not a capital gain. It is labor, or another term for it, in their term, is called um what is it? Oh my gosh, my mind just went blank. Oh, federal with federal income withheld. Yep. Federal Thank income you so withheld. Much. You get that. You get it all back. You get all that back. You donated money to the government through the year, so therefore they're gonna let you get all that money back. So you on your W two, you got a wage. It said wages and tax statement, and you got a gross on that wage and tax statement. So if all of that is getting converted to federal income withheld, then you get that whole gross back. In other words, you got paid through the year for fifty thousand. Let's say you got fifty thousand. So you got paid through the year fifty thousand. And then at the end of the year, you got a gross on there for fifty thousand. So you're gonna get a hundred thousand dollars. That's why they want those people to know about this. I'm surprised they're not cutting us off right now. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna double oh, You're gosh. gonna double your money. So you file that W two or W dash four T so that they don't take no money out of your check through the year. For men, you're getting garnish. W two W of Dash 4T, and it, it used to be online, Google, they don't take it. You can go to the Social Security Manual, and that form is in the Social Security Manual. It's not an IRS form. W-4T, terminating the W-4 that you volunteered to give them at the beginning of the job, saying that, please take money out of my check. Please take Social Security. Please. If I get the cash, I can save my own. At the end of the year, you get it all back. Why don't you just throw that in some kind of uh, investment? Mm-mm-mm. 
Thank you, you so much. You probably do a lot better than what they do. Yeah. I will give you, you an update. You probably do a lot better than they do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. You're welcome. Right. Yeah, the W2C, the W2C is a correction that's being done that you're correcting. It's supposed to come from your employer. But even if you did, didn't, then you go to tax 1099 online and you could fill out the W2C there and it'll go straight to the Social Security which is the one that the IRS is going to give it to them anyway. So you just cut out the middleman. And when you do send your tax in that, that's been approved by the Social Security, the IRS won't have any problems filing that tax form for you, you know, giving you your refund. Okay. I'll go to the next line. Uh, Robbie, 215. Oh, Hello. Oh, one minute. Uh, where is it? Uh, okay, Robbie. No, Robbie playing on the phone. This is serious. Okay, if you have any other calls, um, any other hands raised. I don't see any other hands raised, so they must understand what you're talking about. Anybody anybody in the chat online or nothing? No questions? What what are these folks are doing? <laughs> hey, they they get it, I guess. Here here is uh seven seven three eight nine five. Hey, what's going on, y'all? How y'all doing tonight? Great, great, great. Okay, How are you doing? All right. Quick question for you, brother. Are you familiar with um okay with the disabled veteran status, uh service connected status? because um, I'm still learning these laws, whatever, depending on what state you're in. Now, if you're a service connected veteran as far as the disability, depending on where you live at um your property taxes for realists like if you wanted to purchase a house or something like that is waived but see it depends on your service connected disability and also depends on where you live at i'm, I'm gonna give you an example of what i'm talking about so i just moved here from illinois i live in tennessee now i don't know how long i'm gonna be here but now if you're a hundred percent service connected disability here in tennessee you get your property taxes waived, but they they make you pay it, but they'll give it back to you. Now, opposed to Illinois, if you have um, if you're seventy percent service connected on up, then you don't have to pay anything. But now, if you're thirty percent, um, you get some type of um, tax break, but it won't be a hundred percent. But from seventy on up, you don't have to pay anything. But that's for Illinois. So I don't know if you were familiar with those uh, statutes or codes as far as disabled veterans. No, I, I'm a vet. Matter of fact, I just came from the hospital today. No, but what I do know is every time I pay anyone anything, I automatically mm-hmm. get it back because I filed it as an OID. And you could just send and you could pay your veteran 
and then send them my old, tell them, tell them, I need you to give me my OID because I got a receipt showing that I paid you. So I need you to give me the OID so I can get my money back. And as far as getting a house for people, you don't have to go federal. Anyone can get a house. All you got to do is contact the, I don't know, you in a different state. Michigan, uh, opens, every state opens up an account for you. The state opened up an account for you when you were born, and they get money every year in that account. Just write them a letter, sir, you know, treasurer, state treasurer. I want a house, and I know yours is fantastic, but I want one too. Here is the invoice or the purchase agreement of the house that I want. Give them what you want. Don't just go in and say, I get a free, because you, everything as a consumer, everything that's essential for you is free, brother. Everything that's essential mm-hmm. is free. And but so you have to operate another hat, because we talk about the hat being a bank. You need to be a hat to say, I'm a consumer, not a customer. Customers pay. Consumers do not. And in your state, under the attorney general in that state, there is a consumer protection division to protect the consumer. So go to, you move to a new state. I don't know how that's going to work, but you could you can call the attorney general's and, uh, office and ask, what, where is the consumer? Give me the number to the consumer protection. But you could get everything is free, everything is central. Anything I use for personal household usage is free. Mm-hmm. That's in the Constitution. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it make me happy if I don't have to pay for a house. So. <laughs> right, right. Okay? But you're not standing on that leg because we weren't taught that in that slave, public school slave mentality. They just made us better slaves. You go to college and you... Last year in college, you 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 are interviewing for a job as opposed to creating one, a, a career. We don't do that. See, you are entitled, and I wish I could. Well, I want to say this uh, under the website. This is where I wish we next week we can type that in www dot law insider www.lawinsider.com forward slash dictionary forward slash essential consumer goods and services. Now, between each of those words, essential consumer goods and services, there's a dash between them. So essential dash uh, essential dash consumer dash goods dash or dash services. Not and. When you put and in there, you won't get the right stuff. They got they so slick. Consumer uh-huh. uh, essential consumer goods and services. Goods or not and or services. Or got it. Not and you use and you're going to the wrong site. See they even. They even deviated because of what I'm telling people to look at. Uh, but remember, put a dash between each of those words. Right. And I wrote it down. I, I wrote it down exactly how you said it. Okay. Essential dash. Dash consumers dash, dash goods. Or 
dash, dash services. Right. Dash. Or. Dash. Yes, dash or. Dash or dash services. So when we say consumer goods is the product, the car, the house, uh, services, your utility bills, and there's the law. There's there's their rule. They got they got their own laws. CFR is their laws. It's twenty twenty six CFR. Mm-hmm. One. That's called the federal regulations, right? CFR. Yes, that's their yes. rules. Called the federal regulations. Okay. Yes, yes. Our rules is USC, United States Code. That's for us. CFR is for them. So this is their rules. Twenty six. CFR 1.6044-4. And it's, it, it, it's telling them to fill out an application so that they could remove whatever you purchase. If you go to, go to uh, Costco and you buy $400 worth of food, they have they they just write it off and get credit for it. Ooh, that's and a lot of food for me because I'm by myself. <laughs> huh? I'll be good with the two hundred. <laughs> hey, but anything you have is free. Food. That's why. Go to that consumer. I wish you was online so you could uh, someone could read it, or maybe someone online that can get on and read it for us. Or Beverly, you got? Can you read it for us, Beverly? I gotta go find it. I gotta go get it. Oh, okay. That's okay then. So I'm gonna look at it. Well, okay. Well, well, I got. I wrote the information. I'm gonna put in my my notebook. And um, like I said, thanks for taking my call. Good, good information. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank the you. application is thirty. The application is thirty four ninety one that they have to fill out. That you don't fill it out. They fill it out. But that code, if you read that code I just gave you, tells you it says it's for it's for the cooperative. That's what the exemptions for cooperative. You know, so it's what the corporations have to would still would have to do so that they would be exempt from any expenses that you put that you give them. So you need to contact their HR people or whoever is in charge and, and say, hey. I want to be able to come in as a consumer, buy whatever I want, and just walk out. So, you know, give me a debit card or something that I could, when the, when the price come in, how much the cashier says, I scan it, and it's going to go to zero. And and they can't go to the cash register, and they got to do this with management. Correct. Yeah, you got to go, you got to look at the management, go to the management team. Because nobody, a lot of people, no, what we talk about here is not public news. But I can guarantee you, there are other people, other races is doing it. That's why yeah, you don't hear them complaining. They got their own schools that they're educating. They're educating their own people. And it's their children. Mm-hmm. So well, right. um, I don't know. go ahead. Go ahead. No, no I'm just ahead. saying, I don't know all the exempt. See, he was talking about, you know, 30% off of here, 20% off of that. It doesn't matter. You could just say, look, you can just give me the whole amount because I know that I can get it all back. 
And you don't have to file once a year. Now, you can file taxes anytime you want to file it. And when it goes to them, they will process it. I guarantee you it will get processed. But they ain't going to, if you send something now, it ain't like it ain't going to wait till till December to process it. Oh, hell no. You have it usually done probably a lot faster than most people because you 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 out of the the, uh, the rush hour. Right. Okay, let me open up this other line. Um, okay, Tuckmo. Peace, peace. What's going on? How y'all peace. doing this evening? Great, great. How are y'all? Thanks great. Hello, Tuckmo. Um, now, I just wanted, because I called in, and uh, you was kind of in the middle of explaining this. And I just wanted to make sure I got it clear. So you're saying that there's a form inside of the Social Security pamphlet that when you fill it out, they'll stop taking taxes out your check? They'll stop taking deductions out your tax, out your check. It's called a W dash four T. Yeah, he need to file that, and they won't take it, right? Did he take that well, he to take his, it his employer? To the HR, he takes it to the HR people, and they will stop taking funds out, taking money from his check, so he'll have a larger check through the year. Because it will be no, no social, no federal, no state. No FDIC, no medical, all that stuff will be eliminated. It, it terminates the W-4 where you gave them permission when you came in. And remember, the W-4 was a volunteer. You volunteered to do it. So the W-2T, the W-4C is unvolunteering. So if someone, if you volunteer for them, out, then you could, you could unvolunteer it down, okay? Now, what will be the penalty for doing such? None. Well, if if the forms are available, why would you create something that gives you penalties? Well, he wants to know at the end when it's time for him to file his tax. Since since they didn't take any taxes out of his check all year, so what do he do when it's time for him to file his taxes? Again, what do your job give you at the end of the year? They give you a W-2, and it says wages and tax statements. So what you're going to do is say, I'm correcting it. Wages is a capital gain. Look at the 1040. The first box says wages, tip, and other compensation. Well, your wages are not tips. You punch the clock. You were on a time. You blood, sweat, and tears. You worked. So, therefore, it's labor. So, you got to convert it to labor. You don't pay taxes on labor. And understand in the first place, every time you get paid, it's coming out of your birth certificate, your social. That's why your job asks for your social. So, in other words, you pay yourself to work. They're not coming out of their pockets. They're taking the money from your account. Well, if it's your account, why are you paying taxes on it? Got you. Now, with me, um, I had a job 
where I had two jobs in two different states. So when I got my taxes that year, and at the same time, my kids got too old for me to get anything from cleaning them, I decided I wasn't going to pay because I owed too much money. And ever since then, I, I haven't paid. So I know eventually they're going to come after me for these back taxes that I owe. Is there any way I could get out of that? Well, the only thing I would recommend is do what I did. I resigned from being an agent. So therefore, I gave up the social and all cap name. I, I haven't paid taxes in eight years, since 2014. Because the social security and your all cap name belongs to your state. I don't care. You in two different states. So I don't know. Either way, it don't belong to you. Why would I be filing filing taxes on something that's not mine? It belongs to the state. You are volunteers. You look down there and when you sign it, you are volunteering to do something that you shouldn't have been volunteering for in the first place. That's why you all got so much troubles and headaches. I don't recognize them. Anyone who comes after me are only coming after the credit in my social. Well, I don't own a social no more. You better contact the state of Michigan or whatever state you're in. The corporation, don't call me. And I told the IRS that, and they said, okay, Mr. Rice. And then I didn't hear from them. Oh, oh God, you know, eight, ninety, eight years. I never heard from them. So you worried about filing until you get yourself together? Because after a certain time, I don't know if it's required under your state six years, if they didn't collect it within a certain time, fine. But you still um, can not have any money coming out of your check. Now, whether you file it at the end of the year is up to you. No, I got to sound like I should probably settle this, whatever did start that process fresh. Because um, I was thinking, like, I was I was working at an accounting firm, and um, I realized that they they collected our taxes for for the government, and they paid their taxes with our our taxes that they collected. Um, uh, if you catch what I'm saying, so essentially we yeah. paid their yeah. So it was like you know I was just like watching how they had a whole another account in the same name as the company, but they just had like an extra letter or something like that to it. And um, that's where all our tax money would go. So when I would go to the bank for them, I would see it like, yeah, how come they take keeping all our money? You know what I'm saying? But um, so I was thinking when I go, if I was to fill out this form or get the HR to fill out the form, when they probably put up a resistance because they they taking my money anyway. Yeah, well. They can they only take your money if you look at the law. They only the reason they take it because you gave them permission with the W four. So you want you you terminating that. They can't take anything from your check because they know it's coming from your account. If you say stop taking money out of my account, they have to stop. They have to stop. It's not about a law or the they, because they want to. No, I'm terminating what I did with the W-4 that you gave me at the beginning of the, of, the, of, the, of this job. I'm terminating it. 
Uh, as far as that other tax that they claim you owe, I don't know how that happened. Only well, I know how because you dealing with. I don't know who does your taxes, but they've been screwing you. It's, it's not them. It's your tax people. They're filing the wrong form. You find out what. How do they calculate what they did? If they use a 1040, if they use a 1041, then they file the wrong tax form. You're supposed to be using a 709. 1040 and a 1041. No, you know, when I started, I started doing them on my own on TurboTax or whatever that was. And I'm talking, it's been a long time since I paid. Like, it's been a long time. Like, I I just said, man, they ain't come after me, so. But I know eventually they will. Do it over. Now that you know, you could go back and do it over again. Let's go get those tax forms and do it over. This time, don't be putting nothing in box number one because everything after box number one are deductions. Well, no, go down to the one that says um, payments and start there where it says federal income withheld. That's where you need to start at. And then the, after that is refund. So all you, if you did the taxes, there's nothing saying you can't do them over again, and they have to accept the latest taxes that filed. So I suggest you do it over again. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you. Yeah, you could go back. Yeah, you could go back years. You could go back the years that you did it. Okay. We got, it says, uh, I, well, yeah, I just want to say this. Go ahead. It says go tax ahead. return. It says tax return. It don't say tax pay. It says return. It's supposed to come back to you, people. If you paying out, then you didn't do it correctly. It says tax return. Return back to who? Me. It didn't say me paying anybody else. Don't you think the IRS get enough money from other fools that don't know what what they're doing? No. Okay. X, uh, area code two four zero four eight five. How you doing? Uh, great, I got a great. I don't know if you mm-hmm. may have answered the question some way, but um, about three years ago, uh, I was hurt and couldn't work, and so I had to use my. I had to draw money from my IRA account. I got a, a ten ninety nine from my bank. Um, how do I file? Well, 1099 means you get all your money back. So I don't understand what what are you saying? They they get your 1099 that you shouldn't have to pay any taxes, uh, or that you should get the total amount back at the end of the year. So you know when. So. Because what is 1099? Excuse me. Go ahead. Yeah. So so like the last time I, I filed was in 2020, and uh, you know when they allowed you to take so much out. Um, so I like worked half a year. I took so much out and wasn't supposed to get the so-called penalty for for drawing on it before I was 59 and a half. So I filed in 2020, but I hadn't filed since then, even though I drew off the money <clears throat> because I wasn't working. So, you know, I'm thinking like the average person that I'm my old and I'm going to have to pay. So if I'm supposed to get it back, because I go to a professional accountant, what do I need to tell them how I need to file? So that uh, I get all that back. I, I seriously, I can't answer that question because you drew money out of some kind of another plan. Now, I just deal with people who's working, 
and they put blood, sweat, and tears and punch your clock in. And these are the things that you're saying that you not you labor, you don't get paid for. You do something out of uh, some kind of agreement that if you put it in there that you get paid, that you're going to be penalized. So I, I, that's your contract. I can't argue. You can't argue against a contract that you did. I'm just talking about, your, you know, when you work and they pay you, you're getting it out of, it's coming out of your account. So I can I cannot address what you're talking about. I'm not okay, sure there's a way out of it. I just don't know. I got you. Yeah, because I didn't start working until August of last year. So, I, you know, I'm going to file for that, but I'm gonna have to, I know I'm going to have to file two, two different types of ways or whatever. Now, someone, the reason why I asked you, someone said that I could file a hardship because I was in a hardship because I was being seen by the VA. I'm currently 80%. It started out as 40. Now I'm at 80%. And, uh, but, you know, I'm just trying to figure out the best way that I could file. Well, I, I, I know, but we, it is a way we just uh, we just don't know. Go ahead, Mr. Rice. No, I I don't. I'm not sure. I mean, just moving forward from August, if you did a W four, then you need to put that W four T. That way, you get a larger check through the year, and then at the end of the year, you correct that wages uh, that W two into a W two C, or you tell them to give you a W two C, um, and the letter saying that they're not going to, then you can. Do it yourself online, but um, what happened before that is difficult because everything I assume everything that you have in these accounts came out of your estate in some way, some fashion. And if it did, it should be tax exempt in some way where you wouldn't have to pay anything, not just twenty percent of being penalized. So every time I hear you saying you would been you were being penalized if you took something out. But did it come out of my no, I wasn't, in the first place? No, I wasn't being no no, they say it's a penalty if you take because I it was an IRA account. So they say that you would get penalized because yeah. you drew it. Yeah, before I'm just it saying. But, but you did you and put I paid, money I in there when on I, a weekly? And when I took the money out I did pay say if I took a certain amount out, I did pay a tax because it was required that you at least took 10% out for the federal government of that money. So I did take taxes out, you know, when I, you know, rolled that money over. It wasn't well, like I just I, took I, the I money. I'm just trying to, I was just trying to figure a way how you do it. Cause you, you, if so much money was coming out of your check that went into that account, then that money that you put into there, you can OID that and get all the money that you paid in there out. They get, they keep their money, but you get money for what came out of your hand, what came out of your pocket. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go back some years for that. Yeah, well, you could go back three years. If you filed in the 1040 and the 1041, you can go back three years. <clears throat> so you well, go back to well, see, that's what I'm saying. The last, the, the last three years, except for August, I didn't work. It had nothing to do with working. It, had, it, 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 it it's what you spend. Did you come? Did you spend any money out of your pocket? Uh, yeah. That's how. That's how I was able to stay afloat. Okay. All right. All right. That, that's it. That's it. If you spend money out of your pocket, then you would call the holder in due course. I don't know if you were here 
Look up holder in due course. Any money you spend out of your pocket, you own the title, you own the product, you own the goods. You can file an OID on that and get it back. Uh, thank you. All right. Uh, thank uh, you. Last year, uh, I'll give it a go. Uh, last year, uh, go buddy, ahead. Go you, ahead. Did have some, you did have somebody on the show that was, uh, people were, uh, I guess, sending them their tax information. They were doing their taxes for them. They, they was talking on the same line as uh, Brother Oh, yeah. She, yeah, Myron, he's talking about uh, your friend, the that lady. Version. That version. Yeah, she, she yeah, does. Yeah, but again, she's been overwhelmed because she's probably a very unique individual. She's been over. She was overwhelmed and actually almost had a breakdown because everyone coming at her with, like I say, with a whole bunch of situations, and it just makes it difficult for some people who's not used to that. She was dealing with a certain clientele, but now she. So right now she's back. Matter of fact, she's got. A crew of people now doing taxes. That's what she needed. I don't know how how you go. Yeah, I don't don't know how about how. I think I might got that number from last year's program. But anyway, uh, I just spoke to a couple of friends, and uh, you know, I told people about WD and the show, uh, and somebody was just asking about about you. So I made sure I forward this uh, program to them. Y'all have a good night. All right. Thank you for that. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's that's the thing. That's the thing about it. You can get rid of your bills. You can all the money that came out of your pocket for your gas, your lights. If you have a business, those are deductions. But if it just came out, then whoever you went to, like I go to the same gas station, I go to the same store, then you could tell them people, I got receipts here, and I need an OID with these receipts, totaling up the receipts, because they don't know. There's no names on the receipt, so you have to have receipts showing what you did, what you know, what was spent and what what was paid out, so that they could draw you up with an OID with your total your receipts up. Okay, we go on to seven four zero nine six three. Good evening, Sister Beth. Can you hear me? Good. E- yes, we can. Good evening. Yes, we can. How you doing, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Myron Height? <clears throat> Sorry. I came in. I came in kind of late, so mm-hmm. our people do it quite often. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm just gonna uh, reiterate. You know, I, I I I started reading a lot of the information you're putting out. You know, some time ago, and uh, you put a good baseline out there. You know, so people would go read up on some things. And like I said, I came in kind of late, so. Publication 1212 uh, operating uh, the publication 1212 basically it'll give you an overview of a lot of different things, but uh, just to help with uh, uh, most for example, he might want to look up the 1040x um, for the other gentleman. He's um, he might want to look up the Schedule C that goes with the 1040 um, operating as a sole proprietor. Uh, do a search on that under the IRS codes. Um, you'll have to switch over to the accrual method of uh, filing, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that takes another form as well. You can also go to freefillables.com, 
and um, get a lot of these forms filed electronically um, and just start to read up on a lot of good things like um, Myron was saying, you know, everything that he says requires a, a, a certain form. And uh, when you get to a certain point of, of realizing that you have to operate as a business, um, you'll begin to understand that operating as a foreign business versus a domestic business is going to provide you with much greater benefits. Um, really, that's the only thing I can think of based off of the questions that were brought up in that little amount of time, and hopefully that helps some people move forward. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of information to study. So, like I said, I, I started following Mr. Rice a, a while back, a while back, and uh, Sister Bev, I started following her way back. So, not to <laughs> but um, <laughs> good information, good people. Just you know, you got to read. You know, everybody's yeah. in a good position to collect a, a, a lot of funds based off of what the living expenses for the past year. Well, you can go back a little bit further, like Mr. Myron saying, and, and again, hopefully that helps the family out. And then uh, I'll go on mute. Thank you, Miss Bev. I appreciate. Wait, 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 Jeff. Uh, what was that okay. site? Free what? Free, free what? Did you say? Freefillableforms.com. Let me let me look it up here just to double check. I think it is freefillableforms.com. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, sometimes I like brain right. cramps. We all do. Well, thank you for that information. <laughs> oh, you're welcome, Sister Bell. Yeah, thank okay. You. Yeah, thank you. And I'm not going to say, people, you you will really, if you look at situations, um, there, if you own a personal, using a social, then you go ahead and let's keep, a, keep your receipts and things that you spend. However, if you're a business, then everything you spend becomes a deduction. So if you got a gross or something and you got you pay gas because your, your, your sole proprietary business is basically just you and the gas is getting you to your job and the lights, you got to have lights to do your work and heat. And so all the things that you normally do every single day and pay every single month will become a deduction. It'll be reduced from the gross, but your job working and getting a full check in that year or that month, getting a, you know a no with no deductions, and then at the end of the year you're going to get the growth, you're doubling your payment because you're going to get the gross back. That's on the social, but the business is going is bringing it to a uh, from a gross down to a net for your mortgage and anything you paying. Is helping the business. Is working for the business. So you 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 got it both ways. You just can't got to be careful not to cross two of them together. You know you can't say I paid my light bill and at the same time you want to OID what you paid on that light bill. You can't. That's that's on both sides of the of the of the uh, ledger. One is for business and, and the other is for for so uh, personal. And so you just got to make sure you don't cross the two. You decide what you're going to exactly use for business deductions as opposed to what you're going to get an OID from going grocery shopping. You know, eating is something you got to have, whether it's for personal or for business. You still got to eat. Just try not to cross the two up. 
All right, let's go to open up. Kwame, you're next. Hotep and better love, Sister Bev. Hotep. To to our our knowledge of freedom, Sister. Yes. Yeah, she's giving knowledge that that frees you. Mr. Rice, that's his name. Mr. Rice, okay. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my I'm I'm not really into the taxes because I've I haven't paid taxes since 1999, and I retired in 2006. And the thing that I discovered with it was is that my my name on my birth certificate, and when my father took me to get my social security card when I was 16, we both had the same first and last name. But they in turn filled it out and they put it, but the name James is on my social security and the name Jimmy is on my birth certificate. And when I went to uh, get the information to have my social security sent to another credit union, they pulled it up and they said, well, you have two different names here and you know that which one of these is your name that is on your birth certificate. I said, the Jimmy's on my birth certificate. James is, you know, we filled out the Social Security. So they were saying, well, we need chance. And no, I've worked all these years. You're not changing anything. Just leave it as it is because y'all never done anything about it before then. And so the part that I'm asking is with that two identities, one on my certificate of birth, that birth name that my great-great-grandmother gave to me, and the name that was used to identify me with social with my father having the same name and we put it on there. The thing that I'm looking at is that's two different identities. And the thing that they're looking at is is that for for all the years that I worked until 2006, they turned around until uh, I had to wait seven years after I retired at 55 to get my Social Security started. And so from then on, I've been collecting Social Security and my retirement. And so this is the part. And when I filed for my my retirement, I had it to where I was still married. So I had no federal taken out of it, only state tax. So the part is they, they never charge my retirement with federal taxes. Only thing that comes out of there is state tax. And this this. That's what I'm saying. That's why I say I'm, I haven't filed income tax because the person that told me says, okay, if you owe, if they owe you a check, you don't have to file because they're not going to come after you if they owe you. And so for all those years that I didn't file, I was always going to have a return coming, so I never filed. And so I stopped filing because once I found out what the IRS stood for and that that wasn't a legal thing to do, I stopped paying the taxes. They send me letters, never open them, but I know that they 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 try and then they stopped. And so I haven't gotten anything from them in the last maybe five or six years. Hmm. Well, the only thing I would suggest, and what I did for the last eight years, since 2014, I resigned 
So it don't matter. It had nothing to do. They, the, the name and the socials, all those names and so it don't belong to you anyway. So what do you care? Right. So get away from it. Create an estate with an EIN number. I open up my bank account with the with the EIN number. I do all my business through the EIN number. I don't even care about the social. But you still be it's still a benefit that you get and they can't deny you of the benefits that it does have. If you have problems, you got three other people you could talk to. The Secretary of State, the State uh Treasurer, and the Attorney General. They all work with you as an agent. Of course, you're okay. quitting, but still, they still work with you. So you ask them, what would I do to get our money back for the estate? Because if someone does deny the estate something or come and say the estate owes, they're trespassing. So you got three other people. The four of you all are supposed to be working together. If I need a car, I don't need to worry about no 1099 going with the federal level. The state created you an account when you were born until you turned seven. The federal government couldn't come in until after seven years when they know you dead. So they, so they didn't come in. But for seven years, you were making money every single year. So you want a house, you want a car, you go and ask them to give you a voucher. You just got to make sure you tell them what you want with, in a, a, with a purchase agreement. Why are you gonna say no? So all them years that he didn't get, he didn't file and get anything, he can uh, get that back under his estate, uh, his trust. Well, I put like this: I didn't file, I haven't filed, so I assume if anyone or whatever, the Secretary of State probably do my taxes for me. I have no idea and really don't care. Right, and that's why. And that's what I was just sharing. You know, for me, I don't have any cause. They're not sending me and saying I got to come in and be audited. I'm I'm getting ready to be seventy four years old, so I'm like, what what are, what are you gonna do? They again, if you resign, you they can't come after you for the social or anything related to the social. I got rid of a whole lot of bills because they 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 say uh, what number uh, what social are you were looking at last four. Seven eight three five. Well, that's that's not me. That belongs to the state. I suggest you go and talk to the state, and 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 call them in court or sue them. Don't bother me. That's not me. I am not. I am a Michiganian. I am. That's my nationality. I quit. I'm not a U.S. citizen. I mean, I'm just saying that's the easy way to dealing with it. You create. I create my own problems. I don't need somebody else to help me. Right. Okay. Like With all the benefits that you did get, you still if you still getting paid, that's great. I, you know that, and I'm not going to argue that. As long as you got something that, that's coming in, then I, I won't argue that. But anything as far as filing it at the end of the year for taxes or nothing like that, you ain't got to do it if you resign. You're not the agent, but you resign as an agent, people. You didn't resign as the beneficiary. You don't quit that. That's something you you have because you you that's part of, of you. Everything right. that went into that account was for the beneficiary, not for the for the agent. Right, because it's like you were saying with the W four, I think it was, is that when I filed for my retirement, I had it set up to where I wasn't paying any federal. 
No federal taxes comes out of my retirement. Only the state gets a, a tax out of my, my retirement. So for the past, since 2006 to now, there is no federal comes out of my, my income or my retirement. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I did the same thing. I, I get it. I, I don't take federal. I, I, I haven't paid federal and I don't know when. But I just told them, matter of fact, I gave I went to get the W uh dash four T to tell them they said, Oh no, there's a, a on the W four there was a box that I could check and it won't took and they wouldn't take it out. I guess if you look at the W four, there might be a box that you could check and you'll never have federal taken out. Right. But that's not the that's not the problem. Because it didn't take it out. So that just means you got more money in your hand. So the the right. point is you want to, be, and you should be getting a 1099 uh, R for retirement at the end of the year where you're going to get all your money back, right? Yeah, I get a statement, you know, saying how much I got from, from social and how much I got from my retirement and the two things. And, and I just look at the, I got a box that I put them all in and, okay, that, that goes in that box. Yeah. But he can't. I do can he get do a OID for that? Or both of them? No, no. Because he can't. The only text he may file it in is under his EIN number. You can take those those forms and, and maybe put them on an EIN number if he want to get into it. He wouldn't be able to file it under the social if he resigned. But right now, mm-hmm. since he didn't resign. But you didn't create an estate either, so it's hard to know where you, which way to go for you if you, if you can create an well, estate. I have, a, I have a will that I've drawn up that you know the things that I own that my my children want is specifically go to each one want this or want that. That's already taken care of for them. So other than that, the rest of it, I mean, I don't have any property. So the thing that I'm looking at is, is that it's just all of my my books and my artwork and things that they would like to have, and the rest of it they can do what they want with it. Uh, and my question is, is your will registered in probate? Yeah. Okay. Because when you die, that's the first thing they're going to go to probate. And if you don't have anything in there probate that's been filed, it doesn't matter what you wrote to give anybody anything. It could be rejected by the state. Yeah, if you I don't have, have a will filed, if you don't have a will filed in probate, that means you belong. When you die, you're belonging to the state. Right. So remember that all cap name belongs to the state anyway. Right. But what I, I was standing in the probate going that because, you know, my mom just died Wednesday, uh, December the sixth. And we had to part what she had, what was going to, who was going to get what. And then the rest of it is that we just got rid of her things. So that way they paid for her funeral expenses and did that. And then everybody got what she willed to them. And then we keep living. Yeah, and that's good if everyone in agreement. But you get someone, something that go get out of agreement. Like I took care of my aunt died. February, um, um, uh, March of last year, and you know she didn't have a will, and I had been in the house taking care of her and my grandmother for six years. So there was a dispute. They want to put 
her, you know, put her estate, the house I'm living in, they wanted to be part of the judge, said, well, you're going to have to put that in probate and get it appraised and all this other stuff. So, but I took care of that. There was a quick claim deed that was filed, but apparently she must have had done when they found out she died. But again, if there was a dispute, that would have been where you got a problem. But if everybody agreed to what they're getting, there's no reason to even have a probate or a judge. My, my sister's never elected to get an attorney. I told them they didn't need one, but she's the, this thing been closed since December, and she's still paying attorney's money. I just got finished talking to her. She's still paying the attorney money. So, y'all, you, you screw up by not having a will put into probate for right. those who's listening. And and now even when I got, when I did and I said what, what each child was going to get, I have to have that specific child, that name and what they're getting listed in the will, and then the next person, what they get, and what, what their name and what they're getting, because that way it's rare to say that this person gets this, this person gets this, this person gets this, this because that's the way the will has to go into probate. Mm-hmm. No, the will, no, the will, mm-hmm. the will does not have to go in probate that like that. Only thing the will, only thing that will go into probate because you don't want to tell them what who gets what because probate is open to the public. So they, someone who wants to sue you can go get the will and see what assets you have. Only thing you're going to put in the will and file in probate is who you have made the executor number one, executor number two, executor number three. So, you know, go to the first one. If the first one's not available, go to the second one. Who's going to administrate the will? And the will is kept by executor, the executor. Yeah, that's right. why rich people have an attorney who puts their will in the vault. They don't put it in probate. They have it in a vault. So you don't want to tell, tell each, you know, what everyone has in the will being filed because it is a public record. Anyone yeah. can go get it and look and see what you own. Okay. And All you want to say is the will is being is available by executor number one or something like that. Right, because my my daughter, my second oldest daughter, is my power of attorney. She has the will that says what everybody's to get. The other will, what you say okay. is that that was how that went. So she has okay. the, the will to say what each person is going to get. So because she's my power of attorney, anything else, she takes care of all the other things that I need done once I cross over. Yeah, well, she all got right. again her name. Her name has to be filed in probate. If it's not, right. she won't get nothing. Right. That's why she's my power. They have to file as a power of attorney. Anything. If I was to even, you know, become incapacitated, she has power of attorney to come step in. I've given her the power to say yay or nay to what they want to do. Okay. Yeah, well, thank you, Kwame. Thank you, Kwame. Yeah. All right. Thank us. Okay. okay. Thank oh, us. And and yeah. then start uh-huh. writing your obituary. You don't want somebody else writing that for you. Oh, okay. All right. You're right. Okay. Thanks for that. Thank us. Okay. Let's go to um, eight ten three five eight. Yes, y'all. Y'all. Myron got the Leo. Hey, Beverly. Yeah. My, my <laughs> got the little time back tonight. What's going on, Mr. Rice? 
I've been on I've been on y'all radar for a long, long time and uh, I wanna thank you and Beverly and, and Elder Myron um Elder Ron March, you're not with us anymore, but man, what what uh what some foundations y'all laid and I actually use some of y'all processes. I wanna uh tell the people what some uh, positive things that I had happened by listening to y'all about certain things. So I had a couple of retirements. I turned one in, you know, maybe about seven years ago and then during this uh Kobe situation, I'll say Kobe, <laughs> not the other <laughs> word. Uh, I uh you know, I decided well, I could live off that, right? So I, I, I turned the other one in, but I got a letter back from them, and they said that uh, uh, they exceeded. They exceeded my funds. And I have been hearing y'all talk about exceeded. I heard Ron Marsh talk about exceeded. And anybody don't know, it's E-S and the word cheat, C-H-E-A-T-E-D, exceeded. I said, man, they telling you what they doing. They cheating. They taking your money. <laughs> I mean, I got so mad. <laughs> I said, man, I need to call them. So y'all called them, and I said, I uh, I got to receive a, a cheated letter from y'all. What is this all about? And they said, oh, they they all oh, give me your uh, social and your name. I gave it to them, and they said, oh, you didn't put a ben- a beneficiary down. And I said, oh, I'm the beneficiary. So immediately the lady said, okay, give me your address. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you this app over here. You put yourself down as a beneficiary. We're gonna give you your money. So I said, oh, okay, okay. But then I remember I had just listened to a show, and y'all said, put the social without dashes, and that's an exempt. So I said, okay, at least I can do is I can put I can put that without the dashes, and if they say something, you know, I'll do something else. But I just put it in there. And, man, you know, I got all my money. They didn't take me. And, listen, this was 10 years. You know how the brother called in and said they'll, uh, they'll deduct the money if you if you take it out early? Man, they gave me all my money plus interest. Plus the interest that I earned, they gave me that too. They didn't take not a dime out. So that social without the dashes, it worked. And then uh and then I also uh in the foundation of those years I heard y'all talking about subrogation. How is subrogation related to trading places, Myron? In a way, yeah. It basically they have to set up an account for you, a a bond. The, the prosecutor has to set up a bond for you when he open up the case. All you saying is, well, the money in that bond, you need to put my name on there so that and and pay the judge whatever he wants to be owed and give me back the same thing. Basically, you're just replacing the person who initially opened it up, which would have been a prosecutor, and you're asking for the for the um, the, the prosecutor to subjugate and change the uh, owner or the person who him take his take his his issue out his interest out and put my interest in and then I'm saying pay off the judge and pay me the same thing on whatever the case costs you know so that right. it's basically using in court to to replace and so you don't have to come out of any money you're using the money that was already put up for you in your name. Right, right. That's what I'm saying is that we have to, we coming in as the creditor and then they, they subrogate or trade in places with us, like the movie with Eddie Murphy yeah. trading places. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's all y'all. Thank y'all so much. I, I sure appreciate <laughs> all the years. <laughs> yeah. And, and thank okay. You, thank you for, for the choice. 
Yeah, that, that no social without the okay. dashes. The IRS know about that account. It is exemption. It's an exempt account. Matter of fact, you should be putting it uh, on your uh, tax forms, you know, because, see, the 1040 got the boxes and the dash. You know, put it underneath the box. Put it underneath the, the box without the dashes. Now, the 1041, okay. it's got one dash in there, so it doesn't matter up there in the 1040. But the 1040, it got two dashes, so you write write it the social underneath the box. All right. So we got nice. We got 17 minutes, and those that's listening on the Internet, if you want to hear the rest of the uh, questions, uh, you can call in at 323-642-1586. And if you have a question, push one if we go over. Okay. Um, Area code 513. Five Hello? one three five. Yes. Can you hear me? You live? Yes, we can. Hey, Beverly. How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing, Mr. Myra? Hi, fine, sir. Ah, uh, yes, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, yeah, Myra, I just wanted to run a couple of things by you, and just to uh, get your opinion. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the EIN has so much credit just to the EIN, right? No, it doesn't have anything. That's why you you. That's what? why you don't have to worry about what them if, ever coming after you. Okay, because I heard before that each EIN is supposed to have the uh, two hundred fifty k per account. What? A, what about that bottom part, oh. Mr. Mr. Rice, or that or the EIN? He might be talking about that bottom part down there. That it, no, it he is basically when you, It's not like he's saying they all have insurances, and insurance is in your name. So when you open up an account at the bank, it's insured for two hundred fifty thousand. That is yours. You can actually have that money put into your account. However, it has to be what is called a letter of credit. And what is Bingo. that letter of credit? It has to come from a bank. So you huh. got to wear that bank hat. Wow. I actually um, got that written down in my notes because I've been, of course, for years studying your methods along with uh, Patrick Devine. And, Patrick uh, Devine, yes. Yeah, just like the, uh, one guy was saying that uh, from Beverly D. and Ron March, rest in peace, Ron, um, I heard that, you know, that was just kind of sad. Um um, uh, Myra, also, what do you think about, uh, I had went to prison on the Social Security number, right? Yeah. When I got, got up to the reception center, I gave them my state EIN. So from uh, the, the reception center to, to prison and back home, they, they were using my 98 series EIN. Is there a way to go back and claim anything on that? Well, your 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 ninety eight or whoever EIN you using, you can file taxes on on the social. You can you can file taxes on social as long as the so, long as it ain't filed twice. You can file taxes on the social in prison. You ask the whoever the warden is to give you a ten ninety nine LTC long term care. 
And that's the same as, a, you know, OID that you asked for the bank. He took money out of your estate to take care of you in prison. So you want him to give it to you. Yeah, I always find it advisable to get someone who does taxes, a tax agent, requesting that from the uh, from the uh, warden. Warden. So he understand you understanding that he I'm prepared, I am a client. Uh, Mr. So and so is my client. I'm filing his taxes. I need you to give me the 1099 LTC so I can complete his tax form. Because they had me on the 98 series, won't that be pertaining to the 98 series? Because uh, that's the number today. It, it doesn't matter. 98 is the beginning of a uh, EIN number, is it not? Yeah, because I, I, I had my associate on there when I got when, when I got the state EIN. Yeah, so you had to the associate was the responsible party, but the 98 is its own entity. It's like a corporation. So all you got to do is foreign. It's a foreign corporation, but I would I don't know about having that as being foreign. It doesn't have to file taxes, but you should just create another EIN, a business, and and just use that um, to file your right uh, Social Security on it. Okay. Um. But you you need, you need that LTC from the from the prison. Okay. I got that noted, and also I've been studying on it too. Um, the registered agent—I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Ken W—and you know, yeah. with, with, with got, a lot of people's uh, issues, huh? Yeah, he the one that got me to quit. He the one I, that told me about how to quit, so I resigned too because of him. Well, you don't. Say. And nice part about him—the best part about him is that. He told the state that he quit from that he worked all these years and he wanted his money. And next I know they were negotiating how much money to give him. He couldn't talk about it because it was in it was in negotiation. He was in yeah, a, because uh, I actually did that. I followed I followed that process also, and I uh, did the uh, statement of resignation, uh, put it under register mail and everything. But it seems like some of these things that that I've done is not effective. If you don't know how to enforce them. Check. Well, you, again, I'm not sure what 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 part are you saying? When you resign, he, when you resign as a director agent, they trying to tell these corporations. Say that, say that again. When you resign as a director agent, and like someone comes after you, like child support, or some other issues that folks have, you you supposed to send them up to the um, to the. Um, the governor or the secretary of state to have them handle the issues for you? Because I hear, almost hear folks talk about the three horsemen, secretary of state, yeah. the treasurer, yeah. and the attorney general. Did you put it a legal issue? Put it in the paper? Mm-hmm. No. No. That's, that's one step that I haven't done with, with a lot of Myra's advice. Yeah, yeah. Cause uh, all you have to do is let them know that that is not your name, and the paper has a number that uh, they're going to get. You get an affidavit of publication from the paper, and the numbers on the bottom. You can give it to them to show that you publicly uh, notice. You can't do something without giving them a notice on it, and then otherwise, if you did, if you didn't notice them, then it's almost if you didn't do it. Yes, because the gentleman always gets notice. Say again. Right. Because a gentleman always gives notice, right? 
got to give notice. Yeah, that's that's our part. You always have to give them notice. So you have to give them notice, and then once you do that, like I told the I, I told the agent, you know, I quit and I put it. Uh, I did a public notice in the newspaper and gave him the uh, the uh, the date it was in there. So, um, in fact, I got a stamp. I got a stamp that I put on an envelope. I don't even open it up. It's just all cap, and I know I don't know who they are. And I stamped it. The um, re- uh, resign on this date. Public notice on that date. Okay. Just like before, from your past uh, recordings, I've created my own avatars to do business in the public. I tried not to use that social at all. Um, I got my private banker's EIN. I had it for some time. Any advice on getting your credentials up as a private banker, operating as a private banker, Myra? Yeah, I just I had about three 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 weeks ago. I opened up my private banker at the uh, Treasury Direct. I'm using my bank as a Treasury Direct. So one bank is talking to another bank. And um, I sent in my 544 maybe two weeks ago. So yeah. I understand I've got to wait 13, 13 weeks before I get hear anything, an uh, email. But they emailed me saying and gave me an account number. So the oh, same, yeah. they emailed me with my account number. So with that, I went to the bank uh, and talked to my manager about it. And he said, man, you've been doing this since 1999. I said, doing what? You know, being mm-hmm. solvent. You know, basically acting like I'm not in the system. That's why I don't have to pay any uh, fees on my uh, uh, accounts. I got a checking, two checking accounts. Of, um, I don't, I don't have. They were deducting stuff off of it before. Now they don't. No make, no maintenance costs come out of any of my accounts because I let the bank know who I was. I created an ID for a non, um, non-citizen, national. No. I created, okay, so, I created so, so. my own ID. Okay, so when we open an account, you make sure you get all that straight citizenship and non-interest bearing account. I went, yeah. I went to open one of those today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you 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 want that one to go with your with your whoever you re- however you registering yourself at the Treasury Direct. Because if you look under um, Title Thirty One CFR Three Six Three Point Two Seven F Letter F. You gotta have a primary bank account for you to transfer funds from your minor account, which is already set up. So people, and you know, I hear folks they set up a, a treasury direct in their social. You already got a bank account with a social. Why would you create another one social? It's gonna get canceled. It's gonna get dropped. You can't have two accounts with a social, same social security number. So, but you got a bank. Use that bank. See, I have uh, ran to a little bump in the road with the uh, Treasury, uh, Department of Treasury. I don't know if you remember me from a past call. But I told you that the, um, the lady from the Treasury told me, uh, we're, we're not going to release your accounts to you. And I asked her why. And she, you know, from filing my 1455s and everything, got the medallion stamp, et cetera. And she said, because you don't have your birth rate. I'm like, well, what does what no, she mean? I, and I, I, I don't understand. For the longest about my birthright, what does she mean about that? I can't remember. It's a certain birthright they said, but that's not what that section I just gave you has nothing to do. It doesn't say nothing about birthright. But you are supposed to tell, ask the Federal Reserve Bank, which is your custodian of your money, 
The definition of custodian is the Federal Reserve Bank. So you got, but you got to ask them for the procedures to withdraw money out of their minor account that they created for you when you were born into your account, your a primary account at the bank that have a link at a local bank. So when you want money out of that bank, you put it in your local bank. But you, when you do that, you got to, you know, convert the private money into public money and stuff like that. Exactly. Story we talked about with that line of credit. But you, you do, yeah. But you do have to talk to. And then there's another way you can use it using a physical service. They could they could put money in your account in your social too as well. The physical service it, it, and that would be that's under the same that's under the same law. To uh three six three point two seven uh parentheses F. Did you say say that one more time? I got a pen and paper. Yeah, thirty one title thirty one US I'm sorry, thirty one C F R three six three point two seven small F. Okay. <clears throat> 'Cause I got I got a whole like uh book of, of laws that you're giving me that uh research. I look up everything. Yeah, because see when yeah, when you have I got since I've been doing medallion seal, so my bank knows me, you know, they 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 know me uh, real very well because I be asking for. Matter of fact, a lot lot of them lost their job because of what I came in and did. <laughs> they they well I don't say lost their job, but they got moved to another location because mm-hmm. okay. it was something they want people to know about. So they wind up being transferred because I used to ask them, uh, "Do you like your job here?" And they said, "Yeah." When I get a new manager. I said, well, if what I'm asking to do, and you got to do it, you might wind up being transferred somewhere else. <laughs> so I'm, I'm forewarning it right away. Okay. Hey, hey Mara, when using the letter of credit for for my account, would you advise me to use the 56 for the bank's president to be able to um, access that minor account, draw the funds? That, that's or would you not keep what your private you banker under the 56? No, no. That's a letter of credit. It's it's your money, uh, and you could just and you already the bank. You, I would do, you can't do it unless you are the bank. You address them as the bank and the, as an individual banker. That's mm-hmm. the only way you're gonna be able to do that because the letter of credit must come from the bank, and you're the individual banker. So that out of that two hundred fifty thousand, just say I want a hundred thousand transferred into my account here at the bank. Would you use a fourteen fifty five, Myra? No. No, 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 no. no. Doing that. Actually, one bank talking. Yeah, is one bank talking to another bank? They don't be talking that stuff at fourteen. All they don't need no forms. They one bank. It's like me and you talking. I don't need any special form to talk to you. Right. <laughs> you know what the lady told me today? <laughs> I signed my signature, last name, first name, middle, private banker, estate trust. And she she uh, asked me to sign regular next time instead of signing that way because she's the banker. <laughs> well, like you, you, there, you there's, there's clearly always, a communication. I find it always uh, less confusing when you send in when you take that CP five seven five with you. Once you CP. see once they see the that CP five seven five which made you your 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 name and uh, private banker identity. 
and then you are an, you're not a private banker. You are an individual, individual banker. If you look at that form, you sign in the wrong the title, which makes it maybe confusing to the bank. You're not using the correct title. Look at your 575, CP575 that the IRS gave you. Gave you. Yeah. And also, uh, yes, that 575, every 575, uh, you go to the second page, and there is a, uh, a C, uh, uh, SS4 you need to fill out. SS-4, you need to fill that out, too. SS-4? Yes. Oh, yeah. You look on that, the that's how you page, obtain the IA, right? No. No, no. SS-4 is who's going to be the responsible party. You you attain the, the, the SS-575 uh, just going to IRS.gov. Okay. You didn't have to fill out a form. You just went to IRS.gov. But the SS4, it stays in their responsible party on the left right side. It's a responsible party. So okay. it's really, and someone told me what that really means. It's not, it says nobody, but it actually represents something else. But either way, you still don't want to have it on there. Okay. Okay, my, one more thing, if you don't mind, Beverly. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, as a builder, like, uh, sometimes you play that song, Wake Up Everybody, and my role mm-hmm. that I've played in life since 99, I've been in concrete, so I'm a builder. So I see abandoned homes in the, in the neighborhood in which I try to use my business to uh, get the funding to do a contract for the deed and contract for the work with the owner, which allows me to acquire the property, which is a way that folks can you know, use that method to own a home. I hear everything you're saying about being a consumer. Is there a way to um, obtain funding through your LLC or your business to rehab homes in the neighborhood? No, other than through some grants. Every every place Grant. you usually have a block club or something, you have to go down to the, uh, oh, wow, what's that, that group that's, that's it's a middleman. I, I know. My uh, business administration. No, 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 no. It's it, it, it's like a oh, when you have a complaint against a department, you go through them, and they look into it for you. Mm. Oh my gosh, my mind is blank on what it is. But look at look at grants and stuff like that. Find out, and you'd be surprised <clears throat> what they might just donate donate to you because when they donate. They get credit for it, no matter yeah, what you do. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things about a nonprofit, saying the donations is what funds you. And yeah. and also go go to Lasko L A S K O for the grant. Yeah, you remember mm-hmm. him? Yeah, he's still going strong on you on Facebook. You join him, and then he. He's sending you all kind of information what? about the, all the different grants. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, because I was looking at his old he information. 90, he about 90 years old, but he's still what? doing it. Yeah, because yeah. I thought he tried to, try to you know, um, not blackball him or whatever, but get him off the TV because those things he was saying mm-hmm. was real. And then when you yeah. look into the books that he was reading or accessing, they're right there for you in the library. Yeah, well, he on Facebook. Alaska was real. 
Yeah, so he got he he going to send you once you join, you have to join him and once you do, he's every day you're going to get all kind of information. Oh, wow, that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, Bev, this is okay. uh, Noble Jafel Ali of Conrad of Cincinnati once again. Um, all right. I don't know if you like like, like you guys remember me from from calls before, but I really really yeah. appreciate you. I appreciate you listening. Thanks for listening. Yes, ma'am. Better love. One love. Better love. Right. Hey, Myra, take care. I appreciate okay. it. All okay, right. sir. You too. Okay, Myron. So um, I think that's it. We're at the end of our time here. And I appreciate you uh, coming on and giving us your time and giving us this valuable information. You're right on time. Okay. And we'll see you maybe in a couple uh, more weeks, you know. Okay, so I'll... Yes, and I'll put have it that uh, you can put your forms up and the people can see them when you come back. So appreciate yeah. you, Myra. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right, then. Thank you. Peace and okay. blessings, everybody. Better, all right. Better love, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with Dr. Robert X.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.